Well, I'm not a millennial. They know nothing about Office 365. After a good single malt, you sound like one. What can I get you guys? Oh, the usual podcast whiskey, something unique. This is a well-stacked bar. We've got a lot to cover, Steve, so let's pace ourselves. Or an extra whiskey tonight for all those cloud technology heroes. That's just an excuse. We are the heroes. What are you talking about? Our podcast, Office 365 Distilled. I'm still not a millennial. You're still not a millennial. <laughs> Even when I'm doing the all hip and trendy working from home kind of stuff. Nope. 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 I don't believe it. I think you're a millennial in disguise. Yeah, well I was I was This is a question. Yeah. Does millennials drink whiskey? Probably, but maybe only quadruple distilled. Quadruple like, distilled. That's like a hint. my like my whiskey is that I'm gonna present to you at the end of the podcast. We're doing something a bit different today, aren't we? True, true. Because with the whole mm. COVID thing, you have to remain in your house. I have to remain in my house, and yeah, all the good whiskey stores are closed, so we can't really buy each a bottle. Um, that's true so we and decided I, I to I put yeah. myself on a furlough of not buying any whiskey for a month yeah two months I, two months oh boy okay yes okay two months and five weeks did, to go did, uh, I was just going to ask you, do you did you also decide which two months in your life that were going to be <laughs> that's a really good question yeah. I was actually feeling guilt how much of the family budget I've spent on whiskey these uh, yeah. these last few months I was I was already thinking uh, earlier today that I'm only gonna buy a new bottle if I finish one. Yes, I did the same thing. I did the same thing. But then I looked we at my collection. Time, yeah. Then I looked at my collection and I said, okay, I actually I if only I could get a Lafroig, I could I have all the uh, Isla distilleries uh, on my shelf. So maybe I'm 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 gonna do this one extra thing and just. Buy a bottle of Lafroig. Any Just, excuse. Any excuse. That is very correct. And as soon as you finish one of them, then you'll not have the collection again. You'll have to replace it. Yeah, yeah. So my art bag that we drank last podcast is almost empty, so I can get maybe two glasses out of it. Um, and then I need to buy something else, but it will probably be another art bag. But maybe I could go for one of the special art bags instead of the normal default 10 year old mm. you're about to mention the one you tasted in Glasgow again aren't you not necessarily but um, I was but now I'm not yeah, that, no <laughs> no but because that is that is way out of my budget uh, that is oh, okay. that is way too crazy but I don't know I have no That's idea okay. part, I of, need the to, part yeah. of the fun Done. so any idea what episode we're on uh, that might be 33. 33. Well nice. done. First question right. correct. Yes. First question correct. I was I was going to do my little sound, but now I decided oh, against it. Oh, no, no, no. Don't, 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 don't. Don't. Okay, here's a good question for you. What do you get for $8.57 billion? 
8.57 billion dollars what do you get let me um, rephrase the question and say how can you save 8.57 billion dollars uh, I don't think you will get that by buying one plight toilet paper instead of two no um, it probably Does doesn't it have anything to do with whiskey <laughs> apparently Project Cortex will save you $8.57 million in the efficiency of your new employees. So awesome. how's that for a statistic? So if your company is a $1 billion revenue company, you can reduce the time for a new hire effectiveness by one week, which is the equivalent of $8.57 million. Wow. And now okay. you know why Project Cortex is going to be a premium product and even though there's no official information out here you know what premium product means don't you yeah yeah that's an extra license but that was it's known not be part of no, no 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 but that was that was already known from the start that this was gonna be an we extra guessed it. Yeah, license. this is a big yeah. big big thing but Absolutely. i'm really 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 excited the top three things out of ignite for me this year were search and the changes in search, mm -hmm. uh, Project Cortex, of course, mm -hmm. but uh, also content types and managed metadata store. All the fact that these boys were growing up and, and they put some effort into, into yeah. doing them again. If you think yeah. about it, content types and managed metadata have not had any investment in them for nearly 10 years. I know, I know, I know. I, I've been... Even even this morning for a customer, I was building uh, a content type, even a document set. That's even worse because now we yes. have modern document sets, but uh, there's not there's not no extra juice. So anyway, I was creating some content types as well, and then uh, my customer was asking like, why would you build this into a content type? Why not just create uh, a document library and and just put some folders in there and and be done with it? And then I was telling her all the uh, cool things that you could do with content types and that you can even push them out from your content type hub. And then she was like, yeah, and now with Teams and da, 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 da. But I'm so happy that we finally got this nice looking content type gallery that will be put in the admin center so that you can actually find it instead of like having to create something and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. Yeah, there, there are a lot of big changes because Content Type mm -hmm. Hub is, will have disappeared in less than a year now, I would expect, to be replaced by Sites Design Code for distributing content types. Yep. So big changes around. And uh, depending on where oh, you yeah. are with your project, you really need to be thinking about, do I want to go Content Type Hub? Do I want to go the replacement of Content Type Hub, which is basically a bunch of coding and, yeah. and distribution by code? Or do you go with the new content type admin center, which is due at a SharePoint admin site near you soon? Yeah, I read some, it appears read that about will be part April. of the E3. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah, so as yeah, well. Yeah. I think so as well. Yeah. No, I think so. I think there's a, there's a, there's a really really good resource if you go to the if you just search for Chris McNulty and Project Cortex, and mm -hmm. go to the Project Cortex Center. There's a, a bang load of stuff. And actually, yesterday morning, I sat watching the uh, March the 8th preview or review, sorry, of uh, their new Office Hours podcast, the video things they're doing. 
Uh, <laughs> oh, I, actually, I, I, I have you, no idea about that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, have I got a website oh. here I can reference or not? Uh, I'll send you a link for certain. But if you go to um, the... Uh, I am now, of course, scrolling through a screen. Uh, but I'll we'll dig and make sure people have got links. But there's a Project Cortex page. Cortex page. This is when you was ill at night, obviously, and not really thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there's a bunch of things, and they're now doing these uh, office hours talks. And the funniest thing in the world. I mean, have you ever been? Especially just now, of course, it's really popular. The old Webex calls. You get on the call, the phone rings, and you talk away until somebody eventually says, "You know, you're muted." Oh boy. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. I actually saw Naomi do that the other day. So live on the call, it's worth doing it, get to the end. She gets asked a question and she goes, and somebody eventually says, I think you're muted. And then you press the button and she starts again from scratch. And nobody was man enough to cut that out. They just left <laughs> it in for her. <laughs> I, I actually had the opposite thing happening. So uh, my daughter is with me and uh, earlier today I was in a meeting and I was actually putting myself on mute so I could talk to my daughter, give her instructions on how to set coffee for me. Um, and then the, the person on the other side of the call was like, I think you're still on mute. I was like, yeah, that's what sh- should happen because I'm talking to my daughter. So, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's neat. I was, uh, it made me smile. But it, it is, uh, I will recommend it to anybody. If you get a chance to catch up with it, please do. You can so download what is, uh, what is Office Hours? What is that? It's basically a, a kind of uh, video presentation. They're doing it every month or so. Um, and okay. uh, effectively, the, they did an overview of where they were, the latest position. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen a Microsoft product go so bloody quick as this. So we saw it in October. I think they, did, they issued a review in January. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did an hour's video in January. And they've just done another one in March now. So we're effectively six months in, mm-hmm. and the product is easily twice, if not three times, the size of it was that what we saw being demoed in uh, in Ignite. It is so complete, and, and I don't think I've seen anything move so quickly. And I think part of it is this whole fluid thing. Okay, so you know these uh, name cards, you know the pop-up cards. What are they called? And you'll tell me the, what the um, adaptive is. adaptive cards. Yeah. Yep. These, the, you know, they mm-hmm. are reusing the same model, which basically means they can present so much stuff so quickly, and um, uh, the the whole graph thing. I don't think I've seen the graph so well used either. So, for example, I'm, I'm fairly sure most of you will have seen a lot of the Project Cortex stuff, where they have the uh, the key terms appearing in your uh, Word documents now was only mm-hmm. in emails before, but it's now in Word documents and anywhere else. So yeah, I think the one they use is Core 8 or something. They use that in a lot of their demos. Yeah, yeah. But the yeah. other side of that, yeah, the other side of that that they presented the slide at in January, they've now got working, which says, but not only do we now know that, hey, you can define a, a project name or a project type or a, an information type called Project 8, um, a topic, that's what they call it, sorry, a topic called Project 8. But because we know who's talking about it, who's mentioning it in emails and everything else, mm-hmm. we've now got a whole bunch of people that are interested in working on that subject. And so inside the same card now, they've started to drop in the topics that this person is interested in and working on. So 
in terms of okay. focusing on the content, I've never known them do it so well. I mean, this really is amazing. And all the bit I'm interested in really is a brand new managed metadata store under content type admin center. But uh, the stuff that's coming around the corner with Project Cortex really, truly looks amazing. So the three things I, that came out, I was, uh, yeah, it was, you were pretty it was amazing happy. that they've moved on so far. Yeah, Sunday yeah. morning, I oh, sat good. there with my coffee in my hand. And uh, and playing around with it, and it was really really good. Nice. So, yes. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I really yeah. am looking forward to it. Yeah. And the three keywords here are organize, um, uh, knowledge, and uh, what else do they call this thing? They've they've got a whole set of marketing terms around it, but uh, uh, it's it is pretty neat. I have to say. Yeah. Okay. So okay. I was truly excited, but it means you have to approach it in a very different way. Unfortunately, so uh, you've kind of got to think about the kind of roles in the organization now. So, um, um, so? because uh, the, the people you want to appear of or have appear on those pages. Well, it's it's not just about that, really. So before the problem we've always had within SharePoint is that let's assume that I have a subject. The subject is let's go with one of my I'm in the finance Your area. At the fish moment. tank. Let's talk about Your fish tank. My fish tank. So we want to talk about my fish tank, okay? Now, if I have one of my fish that is starting to go a little off color, when they do, fish tend to get duller and they get brighter uh, and they're not well. One of my, I don't know where well, you can't see because you guys aren't on video, but I have some beautifully large pink kisses. They're a grammy fish. So and these ones are about six inches long. Uh, for our American friends and for our European friends, somewhere around 12 to 15 centimeters long. And one of them suddenly started to develop a black spot. And it wasn't really a spot, but like a birthmark on the back of the tail. I have no idea what it was. So I needed to pull in a subject matter expert. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I go down to the local fish store and, and away I go. Now, most of the people on this call are going to be techie consultants. They're going to be working in the game with Office 365. They are not going to be subject matter experts in their organization in terms of what their organization does, mm -hmm. especially if they're consultants. Yeah. We, we yeah. work into a business and, and away we go. I mean, we did uh, we did the mass engine, the large engineering company together a few years ago. Yeah. 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 And we know this company made compressors and pumps, but did mm -hmm. we actually know how they calculate how big the compressor should be and what it does? The answer is no. Nope. So how is an IT department ever, ever going to be able to really, truly set up a proper taxonomy and a set of terms? How are we really, truly ever going to set up content types without talking to the business? Now, with Project Cortex, with the knowledge areas, you need subject matter experts to be able to keep all of this data sweet and clean and accurate and to the point. So there's a new role. Yeah. There's this role called subject matter experts and in the new pages and the new products, this subject matter expert has a job to do. And basically, it's not a full-time role, I'm sure, because otherwise they would stop being a subject matter expert. They would be a mm -hmm. project cortex expert. But they basically correct the terms. <laughs> they make sure the synonyms are right. They make sure the explanations are in place. They tell you what's missing and what needs adding. Um, and, uh, and they literally uh, have a role as part of setting up um, the models around uh, around the knowledge and around the topics that's being discussed 
Yeah. So um, they really have yeah. to be like knowledge managers, like manage their own knowledge onto pages of knowledge. And well, everything that's, around that's, it. Yeah, that's true. So what, basically what they do is they've come up with three new roles. So we have the content services administrator. So that's mm -hmm. you or me. Yeah. yeah. So we understand uh, techie, how project jobs work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. Okay. Then you have the knowledge manager who's responsible kind of for the quality of that information. Because um, when I was young and started in computing, we had this wonderful acronym. Well, this statement called project in, uh, garbage in, garbage out. Mm -hmm. So whatever you put into a computer, we have it today, of course. And if people put metadata, wrong metadata in and all that kind of crap. So the knowledge manager, his job is to make sure that the quality of that uh, information is valid. And then you have the subject matter expert. And they're the kind that have their hands on. And they're the people that go yeah. to the specialist conferences. And that team working together is literally how this gets revolutionized in terms of making that uh, this whole ability to track and learn and save that $8.57 million all right, for a week uh, for your new recruits. And that's where that actually comes from because this new recruit is able to instantly get to that content quicker. It's the right mm -hmm. content. It's the accurate content. And, of course, whereas we've been waiting for SharePoint to fully automate that for us, I think they've worked out they can't do that. They can only do yeah. that really clever automation when they actually have people involved that know the subject. Well, they um, can already, like, propose a bunch of things, and then the subject matter expert needs to actually acknowledge, like, yes, this is something that needs to be here, and nope, this is something that is not worth of any value, so let's get it out. Yeah. But probably version 2 of Project Cortex will probably handle that even better. And maybe at version 3, we will probably don't need any subject matter experts to be involved anymore. Maybe. That's, yeah, no, I agree entirely. And I think that's where it even gets slightly better in terms of where they're going with this. Because they, you know, at the end of uh, every session in, uh, in Ignite, they say, hey, here is our roadmap. Yeah. Okay, and the roadmap says... You know, this is what we've got now. This is what will come in the next couple of months. Mm -hmm. And then this is what's at the top of our mind. Well, there's some slides around and you can pull them up off the uh, the Project Cortex site. Um, it's worth, worth pulling them up. But they had a list of what's available soon. And so all those pretty cool things we've been looking at. So manage metadata. Um, and mm -hmm. then early in 2020, so we've got Project Cortex version one. Um, and then top of our mind for version two is all the cool stuff they've been showing off. So the integration of data, uh, the ah. mapping across content types. And okay. I'm guessing that it's Project Cortex version two that will end up being the premium service coming to a SharePoint site. Oh. Near. So we might That's get a Project Cortex Lite for everyone, maybe. Yes, just the way that they introduced SharePoint for free of charge. Just a little bit like crack cocaine. Bill Gates obviously had a bad day. Somebody came in and said, hey, look, we've got this thing called SharePoint. We thought we might put it free onto these servers and then get them hooked on it. And then once they're hooked on it, we'll, we'll obviously up the price. And yeah. that's exactly what they did. Can, you know, So that project, that SharePoint... Uh, yeah, coming uh, from WSS into the full-blown SharePoint yeah. Moss thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that would cost you 10 grand, please. Yeah. It was 10 grand as well. It was for, what do you want 10 grand for? I've got this, yeah, but this is the really cool stuff. So that philosophy hasn't changed. Yeah. And uh, 
way back from 20 odd years ago. It worked then. Why would it not work now? True. So it's pretty cool stuff. So what we're going to see early on, uh, I know mm -hmm. I'm doing most of the talking, but I spent it's, all weekend reading this and I'm yeah, very yeah, yeah. excited by it. Oh, I, I um, love it when you get all excited. <laughs> it's a good job we aren't in the same room today. That's all yeah. I can say. All right. So uh, the stuff that's coming soon is the search. All right. Um, so we've got these new connectors, uh, which is basically going to allow you to do things like you want to search service now in your SharePoint site. Bang. New connector. Put it in. Pro, uh, configure it, of course. Um, and uh, you'll be able to start seeing your service now. In yeah. your, so in your really get plan. everything into this one search experience, all the other yeah, content sure. uh, that you have. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to make you look wonderful in front of your new bosses. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a, a lot of search coming in. So all the connectors are there. Uh, well, say all. There'll be a few plus the ability to build your own. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. so that'll yeah. be quite cool. Plus all the custom search pages are coming in. Oh, so that's so the one those. where I can define the search results as an adaptive card kind of thing and say Correct. what needs to be on there. Oh, yeah, that is that is pretty cool. Yeah. So anybody that is currently setting up a, a SharePoint migration from uh, on-premise to online, content types, brother. So you've got to get those content types everywhere because that's what's going to make this search and those cards shine. It's the yeah. only way you're going to be able to separate them out. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, and the query and stuff, and then the, the managed metadata, the term sets are going from. Uh, is it currently a hundred thousand terms on a tenant it's, to it's over It's going. A it's going to hundred thousand, I think. If I'm not mistaken, it's going to a million then. So because the new figure is a million, that's for certain. So I think it, it used to be thirty thousand on premise. Oh, it's uh, two hundred thousand, it, and it's going to one million. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There you okay. go. Cool. Yeah. They're the numbers. So that's available soon. And then early this year, and let's just bear in mind, we're now past the first quarter. So this quarter, baby, we'll get the new taxonomy store, which is yeah. out of this world. And in fact, they've been talking about the early ones being in April. Then the topic cards are going to appear. Uh, the content understanding stuff, which is the really, really neat stuff. But I've got a feeling that that might cost me some money. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and, uh, mm -hmm. but we'll see so that's where uh, basically you can sit there and go hey I think that is a project topic called you know a uh, glass bottle so I'm going to just tag that with glass bottle and then I'm going to send it to one of my uh, my knowledge managers and say does this make sense and oh I'm not sure so maybe I'll send it to one of my subject matter experts and get them just to put the description in and away you go and then yeah. obviously that now available for everyone um, and then uh, in the rest of the time is to get the, the, the remaining search stuff they've been talking about. So um, uh, things like classic sites get Microsoft search now. So uh, you don't have to have to put everything into modern sites to get search. Uh, you will actually get it included in Microsoft 365 search. So mm -hmm. classic sites probably don't get uh, all the, the same process. Yeah. which you may or may not know. Um, and there's an interesting one at the bottom of the slide here that I was reading, and I was thinking, what is that? So video and audio transcription, yeah, which we know is a stream product, included within Microsoft Word. 
So I'm sitting there thinking, eh? okay, eh? I know. Eh? What? What? <laughs> I, I haven't had a chance to go play with that yet, but apparently in early 2021, we're going to get video and audio transcription, including within Microsoft Word. So whether that means that the output of stream will be properly formatted or whether it means that you drop a video into a Word document and it transcribes it, I have no idea. But mm. <laughs> that, would, that, that, would be, that would be pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yes, I was looking at that thinking that, that could be fun. And then at the top of our mind stuff is obviously further down the line. Um, but there was some really, really cool advanced search stuff that uh, was at Ignite. Things like floor plans based upon your, you know, location. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But these these are already in in my tenants, these floor plans. But I've, I think I, some of the, I just have no idea how to set them up. <laughs> Yes, practice makes perfect and all that kind no, of stuff. No, no, because do I do I need to draw something in 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 AutoCAD or do I just do something in Paint to make sure that how the floor plan is looking and just do I tag it or I've I've got no idea. I really need to look that up how that actually works. Yeah, I, I think no it's idea. based on location. So I think it's uh, uh, basically oh my name's Steve Dolby and. Uh, and this is your extension number. Oh, that extension number is applied to Office 74. And Office 74 has this drawing, so here you go. So I think it's a, it's a way of AI being able to link all of that stuff together and, and make kind of decisions. Because it also, it's, it, it also have the ability to bunch these connectors in there. And this I am a bit wary yeah. of myself. Mm -hmm. um, but basically, if I plug in, if I sign into a phone on a different floor, it will move me in search to that location based oh really i was just thinking number. about that yeah because yeah. now we we have all these uh, hot desks and these um uh, location uh how you call that um where you can sit wherever you want in the morning no let's call it hot desking yeah um so yeah that's that's quite a thing these days or these last few years so how does that search then know where I am. So I need to find you. So I type in Steve Dolby in the search and I get the result that, oh, you're now on uh, level two uh, in the corner office today. And then tomorrow when I look for you, you'll be, I don't know, working from home maybe. And then I get uh, your address and the directions. Maybe I, I've got no idea. Yeah, it's all based around some identity. Usually your presence is needed. So they need to know mm -hmm. when you're on and offline. They can pick that up from any number of things. Ports off a network machine would also tell you. But basically, you sign into a telephone number and that gets you a MAC address and all that kind of stuff. And uh, and then they're able to kind of work out where those locations are. So yeah, my understanding right. is it's yeah. a, a bunch of that data. But it's still got to all be aligned. Um, and that was yeah. the big thing that I spent most of yesterday afternoon after I watched this video in the morning, thinking it through in the back of my head. Because there's not a lot else to do when you're on lockdown here. Watch movies, think about work, or do work. Yeah, um, but <laughs> yes. uh, <laughs> that was that was actually my weekend in two lines: watch movies yeah. and do work. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, no, it's so sad. What, what, yeah, did you catch any good movies? Uh, I did watch the uh, the the Star Wars. Uh, I did a, a bunch of Star Wars movies. So the the, nice. the few last ones, yeah. Yeah, no, fun. I watched a, a lot of oldies stuff. I have to say, stuff that I haven't seen for ages, just for you know, a bit of a recap. And nice. uh, some yeah. my, my other daughter was home uh, with me today. I have two daughters, of course, 
And uh, depending which one sits with me, whether we have an adventure movie or whether we have a rom-com. And, uh, and yesterday was a bit of a weird rom-com day. But there you go. Sunday oh, afternoon, well, whatever. Okay. Yeah. James Bond or rom-com. There you go. Yeah. Um, okay. But so, yes, I was thinking yesterday afternoon about uh, how much the governance around all of this is going to kind of triple what you have to do today. And last year yeah. I was thinking uh, about... Around, the around what? Around teams. Project Cortex or...? Yeah, around all of this linking now, around all of these connectors and data and, and things like that, plotting and, and graphs. And search. And, okay. Yeah. So, but so, so you had it. You got extra. You got connectors in search. You've got connectors now in Project Cortex. You've mm-hmm. got uh, you've got uh, connectors in your normal collaboration stuff with teams. Yeah, yeah. All that project, all that Project Cortex stuff comes across content centers, knowledge centers, topic pages, and topic cards. Yeah which we mm-hmm. briefly talked about. All of those things get most of their content and, and the delivery sent out to SharePoint, Teams, Yammer, and Outlook. So imagine all of that interconnectivity um, and you throw in Microsoft Graph and AI into all of that and it's kind of confusionville. Unless you can really <laughs> clarify, you know, you need to be the reason that you need these knowledge managers is you need a topic and that topic needs to mean something you you can't i was thinking that what you won't be able to do for example is have all your it projects based as hey this is it project active directory this is it project um, virtual service this is it project those those topics and project names and, and knowledge mm-hmm. items are going to have to be precise. Yes. Uh, so I you would be better to give a project a number, for example. No, because you, because you, might, you might call it Project Virtual Servers. I can call it Project VES, and then somebody else could to, uh, talk about Project uh, Azure Service, for example. Now, the idea is, of course, that you don't need to know what it is as long as everybody uses the same term. So... Yeah. Um, that's why I think Project 8672 is a waste of time because nobody will know what 8672 is. And even even if you can... That's the whole idea it, for Cortex. <laughs> you have no idea no, what it is so you can hover over it and it will explain what it is. But I get... I, but, I, I know what you're... I, I, see I know, what yeah, you're yeah, no, I know. It's a good yeah. question because you're making me think, well, maybe we could do this then. But... Um, but 8762 or whatever the number of the project is, as you say, you can hover over it and get your topic card. But it's not a very good description of a topic, is it? No, exactly. So, no. so those so that's, terms... That's the, that's same, the same reason why we give metadata a proper name as well and not give a metadata field, like a number like 179. True. Because but that's also why we give sites a number nowadays. Because the site itself is completely irrelevant. The whole days of navigating around which site I'm on is kind of irrelevant anymore. Just give it a number and be done with it. No. Look at the look on your no. face. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you, the only time you need to know about a site or a library is when you upload something to it. Okay. Because all the other times you would just be using search and search results or? Yeah, absolutely. Or it'll be presenting content to you through Delve or or whatever else, or of course now through your knowledge centers and your topic pages and, and everything else. The thing that we always seem to forget, or we always seem to, when we talk about stuff like this, is we go, I need to find this document on 
um, on my fish tank, on my black spotted pink Kissinger yeah. army. Yeah. You need to and get then, its birth certificate, for example. And you always assume that I'm starting from zero, that I have no other pointers or reference marks to it whatsoever. But there are so many reference marks that we have whenever we go into Word. So you go into mm -hmm. Word and you need to work out where you want to save a document to. All right. What's the first thing you see when you do save as or save in Word? You see all the other documents that you're working on. Mm -hmm. And underneath the title is the location where they're saved. Yes. And you associate all the work you've previously done. And it's always going to be around things that you're doing now. There's very rarely a job that deals with 25 diverse subjects in one day. Just doesn't matter anymore. Mm -hmm. Your job is, yeah. A, I'm the knowledge manager for, you know, boots, chemists, selling painkilling tablets. So all my locations for saving things are going to be around that basic subject. Yeah. So you it's only have like a, a few sites where you need to work in every day. Yeah. Generally you do. And then yeah. there are exceptions, of course. So, hey, give it a number. Uh, you'll, you'll associate with it based on the content. And that's the whole point of, of Cortex, of course. This mm -hmm. is going to say, hey, this is where all the content is stored around that particular subject that you need. And that's what it does. Yeah. So I have a cat full. I have a house full of cats, dogs, and women at the moment. So I'm going to let you give everybody your opinion on what you think of Project Cortex. Why I just let the cat out of the room before it starts meowing. Not <laughs> say much about Project Cortex. That is that is no no I know I'm I was just listening to uh, hear the cat uh, do his thing again. No, no I um. To be honest, I think Project Cortex is going to lure in a new wave of technology and, and knowledge and management of that knowledge. But also, to be honest, for the last, let's say, three years, I didn't have any customers that are big enough to do something like that. So small enough means content is easy no, to find i've got i've most of my company uh most of my customers are companies under 500 people and they deal with how many individual projects a year that can range from a few hundreds uh yeah it will be a few hundred projects probably okay so it's a few hundred projects a yeah. year mm -hmm. so if you that, that means at least two a week Across 500 people? So how many simultaneous ones do you have? 30? 20? No, I, I've, I've, I've got... I, I've had a bunch of customers the last few years. So Yeah. Um, but what I'm trying but, to say yeah. is that it, it, everything is, a, is about proximity. It's This is what is. I'm doing at the moment for the next few weeks. And in, in an agile world, it's very much about containers. So... Quarter two this year, this is our plan for quarter two. This is exactly what we're going to focus on, what we're going to deliver. The organization knows what that is. It's not going to change. Mm -hmm. And so topic cards, knowledge centers around that area uh, is going to be crucial. Yeah, absolutely. But you also need these uh, topic experts to actually get the time to, uh, yeah, to manage that knowledge. 
for them. True. So let's talk about you for a minute or two. So what is what is That's your my favorite, core? It's my favorite subject. Yeah. I know it is. There's a word for that, but we're not go there. So, um, uh, what is your favorite subject in Office 365? I know what it is. It's MS Teams. So, if you was an expert on anything, it's probably MS Teams. Okay. You think I'm wrong? Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. Sure. No. Okay, yeah. Cool. Okay. So you would be you're an SME on MS on MS Teams. Now I'm I'm a generalist. Okay. They that's why they didn't want yeah. me to be an MVP because I'm too generalist across the whole Microsoft 365 range. Mm -hmm. But you're an expert in MS Teams. So I know when I have an MS Teams question that I'm going to ask you a question, that I'm going to go to you. You mm -hmm. are my SME. So topic cards and uh, topic pages around Teams would be your baby. Yeah. And naturally, all the other Teams experts or interested people would also hover around those topics pages. Yes. So now I certainly have a group of SMEs. Mm -hmm. It's it's awesomely brilliant. It's going to be bringing these people together in such an awesome way. No, you you kind of bring up a good topic, I think. So, for example, when I'm introducing, let's say, MS Teams into an organization, we need to do a bunch of things around adoption and around training. And one of the things that I always do is set up some kind of knowledge center site. Like, okay, we're rolling out Office 365. Uh, you can go to this site to see uh, demos, to uh, see PowerPoints on how things work, uh, to, to look at manuals, to uh, request training, to look at our training schedule. So I always set up this kind of knowledge center site. So maybe if that company would have Project Cortex running, uh, we could use this Project Cortex knowledge uh, or topic card, uh, topic page to do all my or handle a bunch of my adoption stuff. I, I agree with you, and I think the upside of all of that is that it will also go and find the content for you. So, really, finally, we have got uh, the ability to uh, compare and map documents with documents and have it mm -hmm. tagged. Automatically tagged with its topic and project topic, and then the SME can then just approve it and say yes, that's valid, regardless of where it is. So these these project centers and these knowledge centers, they're kind of virtual. Yeah, they're basically yeah. search. Yeah. Mm -hmm. True. So it's not something that you need to build or you need to worry about getting stuff in there. But that's why content types and term sets matter are now so yeah. crucial to the process. Yeah. Yeah. So, as I said earlier, anybody that's currently looking at migrating stuff, they have to start focusing now, for once, on uh, where context types. of yeah. content types and metadata stores and setting up business-associated boards to manage that metadata. So, it's uh, an in and we're going to come back on this subject a lot because, uh, as you yeah. know, I really get into this shit and it's moving and it's going to get really cool chance to play with it. So, Absolutely. but I wanted to mention just very briefly on one final area because I want to go taste some whiskeys and it's 40 minutes yeah. gone. It's been one yeah. of the podcasts and I've been talking too much and I'm so sorry. But it's okay. I love it when you get all excited around topics. So, <laughs> yeah, it's fine as long as you're not annoyed thinking. And really, really, so really like to that. be honest, I only do this podcast to 
actually have have a good excuse to talk to you of course drink whiskey as well but just to talk to you and just get your knowledge and me giving me my knowledge to you so that's that's mainly why i do it, it. so that's yeah. fine but they're like a secondary audience i mean this is just for you and me i mean yeah yeah, yeah absolutely oh, well. right i get that. I get that, my friend. It's perfect. I, uh, happy to offer, happy to take from you because you generate more ideas in me than, uh, than most people do. So that's cool. But what I wanted to finalize on is that I think there are so many connections in place with this, uh, with their approach. So we've already talked about managed metadata. We've talked about content types. We haven't yet even talked about the fact that they now have the ability to automate the importing of documents and templates. So they, you know, they're talking about being able oh, to. Oh, that. Yes. Yeah. Where you can All actually, right. where you have 10 invoices coming in from the same supplier, you can actually say, okay, these fields or that kind of metadata. Yeah, but they've they extended that out now to do word searches through things like contracts and agreements. So it will be able to, you'll be able to import contracts and work out what type of contract it is, whether it's contract on a lease, on a photocopier, uh, on people or recruitment. It knows the kind of keywords right. to bring into. Yeah. But but it's actually provided so mul a, a multitude. I think that's the word I need. A multitude of touch points that I think AI and its ability to build patterns is going to be awesome. So the thing about AI to me so far is it's been quite small in what I've seen. You know, hey, mm -hmm. this yeah. was your yeah. analysis this week because. I know you was in these meetings with those people and I know you were still doing your email. So, you know, be a bit better boy, be better, better boy, boy, better boy. But if you think about these project topics, the terms, the topics that we're bringing in place in terms of the keywords, add into that all of this automated stuff for importing the content and mapping and flying it, all of a sudden AI can start to make more precise decisions based oh, upon what yeah. you need yeah. because it has more accurate models that it can automatically build. Absolutely. So, because once again, project. once to, to, to come back to my customers, they are the ones that are doing, uh, for example, file share migrations as is. They don't yeah. define any content type because they don't have the time, they don't have the resources, they don't want to invest that kind of time and resources into the project because they don't see these benefits because they're so small and everyone knows where everything is. So I think if we have those AI um processes actually um recognizing that data and automatically adding metadata or other kind of information to it that would enrich my search experience i think that would be so super valuable yeah i i absolutely agree i think it's uh, it's going to allow you to make more time but of course that needs effort thinking so now yeah. we're back to the knowledge manager, we're back to the content administrator, and we're back to the subject matter experts. Yeah. Uh, and then AI putting the connections in that they won't think about. I think the next 10 years are going to be pretty, pretty awesome in terms of what organizations could do. The only problem here is, and I'm going to close on this point, because then I want to tell you about a really special 14-year-old whiskey that I've got to taste and tell you about. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. Uh -huh. The only real problem is, is how do you get, and this is a different subject for a different meeting, how do you get the organization to get excited about this? 
so they don't just think that SharePoint is a place that they put their documents into rest. That's a good one. You need a quick, really good way of quickly building this up as an MVP. And I'm not quite sure where that is at this moment in time. And in fact, when I was thinking about it yesterday, I was thinking that this is probably the first set of work that's going to separate the SharePoint teams. You're going to end up separating the SharePoint team back to they used to be when it was 2010. You have these two guys that manage the back end of the SharePoint and the administration and the hard drives and the SQL mm. and all those kinds of talks. And you have the front end that deal with all the sites and the people and the knowledge pages at the, at the front in its 2010 start. Today, I can see there being quite a precise team whose job is solely, and even for relatively small companies, their job is solely to make sure that the right terms and the projects and the names and the topics, etc., are aligned to some kind of governance and system. So I can see there being a kind of intelligence quota kind of people that deal with the business and the organization that have to be really close to the business. And then you end up with the doers behind that manage with the structure and the sites and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So yeah. that was one of my thoughts that came out yeah. of this. But you actually bring on a, a really nice little small detail that you said earlier as well. Like, okay, how am I, what will be my naming convention for all my topics so would i have like a special naming convention for my projects a naming convention for my departments a naming convention for my divisions naming conventions for all other topics that might be there i probably want to have topic pages on my competitors as well so how do i give those a naming convention so that i can classify them as those being uh, things that we do, those are competitors, those are products, those are projects. So I think that's I that's going to be a baseline governance question when this comes out. Wow. Baseline governance on something this size and complex. That's a great question. One yeah. to think about. One yes. definitely one to think about. So for the time being then, anyway, that's what I did my weekend. I spent time looking at that. I've now got a lot more reading to do and, and get up to speed on it. But we've spent 46 minutes talking about that, minus our long introduction. So uh, we wanted yeah. to do something different with whiskey this time, didn't we? So let's yes. talk about whiskey. It's fun. Yeah. So we decided <laughs> we would bring a whiskey to the table differently because we haven't yep. got one that we haven't drunk before from the same no, batch. We don't, we don't have the same bottles that we haven't talked about in the podcast no. before so and you came up with an idea so what was your idea on this you said we should the idea was that i bring a bottle here and you bring a bottle there ones that we haven't talked about on the podcast yet and then we kind of try to convince each other why ours is better than the other one okay oh, that's easy enough mine wins mine is unique Mine is a small, single cask whiskey that you're not going to get anywhere else. Oh, is that one of the Belgian things? The, the, what's, what's the name? The Futala, Futala, Hupula, Pupula? No? Okay. Uh, okay it's okay. the independent bottler. Mine's an independent bottler. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. we haven't okay. really talked about much. So uh, there is this. Um, it's the company's called Valencia Mallet, and you missed out that's, on the tasting. 
That's the one that I was trying to pronounce. Yes. Well, the other one was MacPhail, and uh, the other one I got is the the uh, Ledeg, um twelve year old oh, yeah. that we. Mm. Did. It was also mm -hmm. from an independent bottler. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so mine uh, was bought at a blind auction. I didn't buy it, but when they bought this barrel, and it's one barrel, by the way. Uh, it's a blind a auction. Number. So you don't so know people, what's in there. Well, you, you, know, know you know what is really. in there, but you, you didn't taste it on before. So, No, the other way around. I think you taste it first. And this, this, this particular company, Valencia Mallet, I highly recommend them. They're an independent bottler. They focus basically on the taste. Mm -hmm. All right, and sometimes they get lucky because they know where the whiskey comes from. But basically, what happens is, and you have this wonderful romantic comment of, uh, "I'm an independent bottler, so I can go to a distillery, I can walk around there, and I'll go. Do you have any barrels here that you don't want?" And they go, "Well, actually, that one over there." But of course, they don't really want to give their whiskey away with you knowing what it is. So there's actually a, a middleman, mm -hmm. and there's a, a company that you can that buy the whiskey barrels, and they are not really allowed to say where they get them from other than some oh, vague location okay so so valencia mallet they they focus basically on the taste so they taste first and then decide whether to buy it or not and nice. uh yes i have a rather beautiful cool. one from them and i went back to my roots it's an irish one so i'm just gonna i'm gonna take the lid off this one while you tell me about yours yeah um, actually, I took something something very different as well. So my whiskey is a quadruple distilled, uh, but you actually pronounce it as a whiskey because this a is whiskey. a whiskey. It makes you piss. Yes. <laughs> no, no. This this actually is an uh, Austrian whiskey. Well, it is made Austrian. by. Um, it's made by the family. Uh, it's a Weezer family, so they they made a whiskey because their name is Weezer. Um, and they actually said that uh, we don't want to copy the traditional whiskey style. We just want to create something that is that has this wing towards the whiskey industry. So, but we we they don't really want to give it. They don't want to like recreate Scottish whiskey, for example. So uh, they quadruple distilled it. Um, so it's got a very unique taste. So. It's it's got a really cool bottle as well with a with a glass, uh, so not a, a cork uh, top on it, but like a glass cork. So it, it's pretty difficult to get it open. Um, and I have to say the, the first times, time. yeah, it will last a long time. I have to say the first time when I tried it, I really didn't like it. Um, I, but they, it wasn't that expensive, so I was like, Meh, okay, I'll probably. I'll, I'll I'll give it to somebody when when somebody who says they like whiskey and they're around and they would like to drink whiskey I can give them something they probably haven't tasted before. Um, so um, yeah, I went with uh, the smoke on the water. Um, it's a double malt whiskey. It's what the what it says on the label. So that means that they've got uh, rye and barley uh, at the same. Uh, that would make sense because you get a lot of rye whiskies in Germany. They've been doing rye whiskies for many, many years. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but it is definitely something a taste that you need to get used to. For me, it feels too much like a, like a liqueur, like um, something Sweet. that is 
No, it's not not very not very sweet, but it's like it's it's too clean of a taste. It's like it's like a polished. Yeah, it's like a polished whiskey. It doesn't have these rough edges that I like because you know I like Isla whiskey, of course, and that is yeah. like proper rough, rough muddy. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> and this is this Dirty is whiskey. yeah, this is way too polished. So okay, cool. And I, I actually well, because because mine is so difficult to open up, I actually poured myself a glass before we started recording. Ah, uh, okay. Well, mine so was that, in a so that I sherry. yeah. Sherry you know, I don't really okay. like sherry. But no. um, uh, the story behind this is that uh, Valencia Mallet did a tasting here in Belgium when you was basically in Glasgow. Mm-hmm. It's what was probably the last SharePointy conference event, wasn't it? Must have been before they closed everybody down. Must have yeah. been close to yeah. being the last one. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So this, so actually one of the directors, uh, Mallet himself, was doing the tasting talking it only brought six bottles uh seven bottles to taste uh we went all the way out to a 28 year old one mm. um, but this was the first one we tasted and i smelt this whiskey and and i'm going yeah this is quite familiar i'm going it's definitely irish because he was we didn't tell us what it was so it's definitely irish but i sat there waiting and waiting he says so i basically have this 14 year old it was one barrel we bought it and um, and you can see the name is County Loth, and I'm going. This is Kilbegan. This is Kilbegan whiskey. I was kind of you know what I'm like with Kilbegan. Yeah. It's my favorite mm-hmm. distillery in the world. And uh, sure enough, at the end of the day, I went. It's Kilbegan, isn't it? He went. Yeah, we 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 think so. It's a single malt from a single cask. It's actually numbered, so it's cask number seventeen dash three thousand and one. So okay. it's a single cask whiskey. It's 51% proof, which is very rare in Ireland to, to mm-hmm. be able to sort of find it out. And uh, I'm afraid it tastes just like an Irish. It's It's got vanilla on the nose, which is really unusual instead of the back end, but again, typically Irish. And uh, an orangey, chocolatey smell on the nose, but it smells smooth. Beautiful. Nice, nice, nice. Oh, the nose of yours. Definitely, I have to say, this one is very uh, light and, and citrus fruity. So I've got some, some, some lemons and stuff like that. And also a lot of vanilla uh, there as well. So you, it's, it's definitely, it doesn't have any age label. So it's definitely very young. Um, and it, it, yeah, it doesn't, even because the name has smoke on the water, it, it's supposed to be pt but i don't get any pt uh in there so i've got some some green apples and stuff like that so really yeah. on the fresh fresh side of the nose make sure you save some of that because it sounds like i would like that oh yeah no, yeah, no drinking no. it in lockdown okay no 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 mm. this is just pure irish it's nutty and fruity so I'm looking at somebody's tasting notes here and they talk about mangoes and chewy dates. I don't really get that at all. But I do get the nuttiness and I do get the sweetness and oiliness out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, Irish. But the finish is very long. And you remember the 22-year-old Kamimara? 
Yeah. Oh, how can I forget? Yeah, wow. it's nothing like that. But I just wanted to put that after that that long finish in your mind mm. because this is a this is a single grain. So if it's yep. the kill bacon, I think it is. It's the single malt grained one. So mm. the finish is it's consistent, and it's a little drying. So it sort of just aerates your mouth as as it finishes off. But there's no sweetness at the end, which is really what I like about this. Very nice. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Well, mine does. It does have some peatiness in the mouth. Um, gives you lots of vanilla. It's got that typical rye flavor as well. Um, mm. Very light, very delicate. Not a long finish. Uh, just planes and planes and planes of vanilla uh, on there. Yeah. Um, a little peppery as well on the back, on the finish. Um, but yeah, all that citrus, all that light fruit, all all there. So yeah. Very nice. Yeah, very it's nice. not well, a, it's not a complex whiskey. Mine, mine is so it's it's not very complex. It's pretty straightforward. Um, but then on on a light on a lighter side, fruity. Yeah. Now that's not, well. I have to say, Moraine, I am tempted to uh, uh, drink yours because mm -hmm. that really really does sound nice and I, a bit like my writer's tears, mm. the uh, my Irish one that the Irish one that I like to go to. Yep. So, uh, but you have actually tasted this. So this is the Valachin Mallet, fourteen yeah. year old. Yeah. Um, and we had a sip of it one night when you was here before we yeah. we got locked out. Yeah. But I highly recommend it. If anybody can, there's not many bottles left apparently. Uh, I, was, I went to a few sites looking for some tasting notes, and there a lot of them have sold out. Um, and I got this quite cheap with the looks of things. So uh, we're looking at the prices. So yeah, another one that probably I would never want to finish that will always end up with just a half inch on the bottom oh so i, can just I, so I can't do that because i just i just said that uh, i'm only buying new ones when i finish another one so i, know. I need to finish this when you said that no don't finish it before me please i'd love to taste no this no, no 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 of course not i still have still have a lot in the bottle so it's, it's all all perfectly fine and this Good. is this is not a daily whiskey for me so this is not it's not even a weekly whiskey so i would Definitely go with a Bomore, with a Artbeck, with a Kalila, something like that, on a daily scale. I even drink a, 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 the Cheetah uh, that we had on one of our first uh, podcasts. I even yeah. uh, had a sip of that as well last week. Um, that was pretty pretty funny. I didn't remember that it tasted so similarly like a Teeling. Yes. I uh, I touched on the Englishman, you know, the ones that Matt yeah. Waters uh, yeah. we tasted. I actually yeah. did the non-smoked version of that earlier this week, and uh, oh. that was very pleasantly surprising. R raspberry and uh, quite fruitiness, what? no smoke. Oh. Really interesting. And also Flavia, the website that I use for a lot of my uh, bottles, um, they had a, a, a voted whiskey award just recently. Yeah, and, uh, I the saw something. Old, the Cotswold whiskey, an English whiskey, actually won. It beat all the Scots, Irish, and the rest of the stuff around the world. It was one of their most uh, sought-after whiskies. So when okay. my two months um, ends, I might just have to go and uh, try another uh, another English one. But uh, okay, this isn't okay. whiskey. It's such an awesome drink, isn't it? It's such a got it such is. a depth and variety. 
Absolutely. And, uh, and even even when you didn't drink one for like a few months, you still vaguely remember the taste and you drink it again. And it's like, oh, I didn't I pick really up that, that note and yeah. I didn't pick up that. So you always have something else. Huh. No, I, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. My favorite go-to is, is uh, still that Four Roses. That's rapidly empty in that bottle. Is That single the, barrel... Uh, yeah. Single barrel, four roses. Yeah, was is pretty amazing. That's and pretty as you cool. say, whenever I, I smell that, which is why I don't like to finish them, because the nose of a whiskey for me, I find, is the best part. So consequently, if I've got just a little bit at the bottom of the barrel, at the bottom, bottle, bottom of the bottle, then, uh, you know, I can get just as much from it just by, uh, just by sticking it. it at the bottom yeah. of my nose, giving it a good sniff. Yeah. Nice, nice. Well, cool. We've just hit our hour, my friend. Um, good, good. I think this okay. has been a really, really good podcast. I know I've done most of the talking, and for that, I apologise. That's um, all good. We perhaps should finish off, although there's never anybody listening at this point in the podcast. So if you're now listening at this point of the podcast and you want a free bottle of whiskey, then text free bottle of whiskey on Cy Steve Twitter account and uh, then I know you're still listening here. If you don't do it, you never know what you're missing out on. Uh, but yeah, there's nobody ever listening. But we, we were trying to do uh, something called Office 365 Roasted. Exactly, um, yeah. And, and the, uh, the, idea wasn't to, the idea was to roast each other, but uh, the idea was to bring a... Yeah, you go ahead. No, no, I was waiting for you to get on with it, really. But, yeah, we oh. thought that for those people that are, uh, are locked down and at home and need a bit of a break, that we could give them a 10 or 15-minute coffee break. So yeah. a 10-minute time for a coffee. And uh, so Office 365 Roasted. We might have a few of them out by the time you get to listen to this, so look out for them. Uh, just a bit of fun. We've already recorded one or two of them, um, and they we did go a bit nuts. They did go a bit nuts, I have to say. But uh, yeah, um, Moraine absolutely, you know, hit it out of the park. Oh no! Yeah, sorry. There he is again. There is again. Yeah, we had some fun. We we did some uh, questions, and with the and you had to give the wrong answer, Mm -hmm. and that kind of worked. But uh, yeah, so we've got some ideas. But they're just a giggle. They're a laugh. Relax while you're sticking your biscuit in your coffee. And uh, so, yeah, we had a bit of fun with that. This has been cool, my friend. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it uh, very much. Uh, did you give the name of your whiskey? Oh, yes, uh, the whiskey. It's called, yeah, the whiskey. It's it's actually, <laughs> I have no idea how to pronounce that, but it's like, so double W, not, not, not like a W letter, but like two I mean, U, U letters. You, As in a man you, with man. You and you. You and you, and then A H O U U A. Double malt you whiskey, right. smoke on the water. Yeah. You are absolutely right. You have no idea how to pronounce that. Listen, my friend, let's take a these wonderful, wonderful people that are listening to us, mm-hmm. and we'll sit there and play the outro. So, hey, Steve Dolby, CIS, hashtag CIS. Uh, on Twitter, saying goodbye, handing over to Moraine to have the final word. Yeah, so goodbye from me as well, at Moraine Somers. Feel free to follow me to let us know what you think about the podcast, let us know what you don't like about the podcast. We 
don't really make any promises that we would change it because we like this uh, stuff way too much. But uh, yeah, dead right, dead we, right. Uh, yeah, we're always looking for some uh, improvements. Yeah, let's know. And questions. Yeah. And whiskey suggestions and free whiskey oh, bottles. Def- definitely those. Yes. We need to stop now. Say bye bye, Moraine. Bye bye. If I give you a bottle, will that help you hit the road? That would be awesome. If only we could put whiskey in the cloud and build an app to download it straight into the glass. And you said I was the millennial. All right. Out, out. Thank you, miss. See you next time. Oh, Steve, you know what? You know what we forgot to talk about? Next time, Moraine. On the next Office 365 Distance.